0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and member fdsc
1: see see what you've done Jess, to lauren morgan now here she is cursing up a storm dropping f-bombs angry lauren is my <laughs> favorite some water.
2: lauren
1: let's yeah. towel her off a little bit Hey everyone, welcome to the Dagobah Dispatch. We have a conversation today that is sure to delight or enrage you, perhaps a little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, no middle ground this week on the Dagobah Dispatch as we have another EW staffer with a Star Wars hot take to dispense and dispense it, she shall. Whether my co-hosts Lauren Morgan and Devin Cogan will let her off this podcast alive is a different matter. We shall see. Uh, we'll also share our thoughts on the latest and or episode. I'm uh, Dalton Ross making like Cyril Karn eating my moldy uh, cocoa puffs. Devin and Lauren, how you all doing this week?
2: I'm good. I'm excited to to talk a little bit about um we'll get to this later, but uh so much cereal this this yeah. episode. A lot of a lot of great breakfast scenes. I'm a big fan of breakfast, so
3: Yeah. I don't think I would wanna have blue milk in my cereal. Having now tasted blue milk, no, no, I don't I don't think so.
2: Are are either of
3: you
1: two PM cereal gals. Like I prefer cereal at night even more than the morning.
3: I would just, like my husband jokes that I will just eat that instead of dinner. Like if he didn't cook dinner, he just jokes that I would eat cereal. And I did that many days during my 20s. So yeah, I'm kind of a cereal all the time person.
2: I've been there. I've done that too. All right. Top three
1: cereals, Lauren, go.
3: Golden Grams, Lucky Charms, yeah. and I'll go for a, a classic Honey Nut Cheerios.
1: Love some Honey Nut. And golden grams, great pick, but they get soggy really fast.
3: You just gotta eat it fast. Why would you let your golden grams sit around? You've got golden grams, eat them, they're delicious.
1: Devin, what about you? Top three cereals go.
2: Um, I love uh, life, I love um, frosted. <laughs> I, what? I, I have love life. life. <laughs> I love life. Mikey. Quote Devin Cogan.
1: Mikey, dying with the Pop Rocks and Coke, urban legend. Love it.
2: Uh, no, I love Honey Nut Cheerios, same as Lauren, Pre- uh, preferably with fresh blueberries. That's the best combination. And, Fancy. And um, because I am an old man, I really like uh, Raisin Nut Bran. Not Raisin Bran. Raisin <laughs> Nut Bran. There's a difference. It's okay. a totally different brand.
1: First off, it's all about Raisin Bran Crunch. Fair. Okay, over Raisin Bran. Secondly, because I'm a complete psychopath, I actually, I have a box of Honey Nut and a box of regular Cheerios and I mix them together.
2: What, are the Honey Nut Cheerios too sweet? Uh, Why would you want
3: to eat regular Cheerios? Yeah, it's just
1: sort of like it it adds a little punch to your regular Cheerios. It feels
2: like you feel a little naughty. Or you could just eat all Honey Nut Cheerios.
3: Yeah, or you could eat multigrain Cheerios, which are kind of like, you know, a combination of the two of those.
2: When you really
1: want to fool yourself that you're eating healthy, you <laughs> whenever like, I regu-
2: regular regular yeah. Cheerios, it just makes me feel like a baby. You know how they give babies regular yeah. Cheerios, just like totally. dry. Yeah, I'm like I am a I am a toddler and I don't have full teeth, so that's why I'm eating regular Cheerios. All right,
1: fair enough. Well, everyone else <laughs> can weigh in on their favorite uh, cereal cereal choices. What about Jess? We haven't asked Jess. Let's let's bring in our guest. She's a returning guest. She has a very unpopular opinion especially when in the company of Lauren and Devin, but I promise not to hold it against her. (laughs) Jessica Leon is here. How's it going, Jessica?
0: It's going good. I mean, I'm ready to give my opinion on The Rise of Skywalker and take any heat you guys are going to throw at me.
1: First off, favorite cereal, go.
0: I would have to say Frosted Flakes is an all-time fave. Also, Fruit Loops and Apple Jacks. Respect. I also think, though, Apple Jacks is a fave just because of the commercials, you know, like with the apple and the cinnamon, yes. like fighting. And I think that was had a major imprint on my childhood. So I was yeah, like, yeah.
1: That might be a worse take than your Star Wars take would be the Apple
0: Jacks <laughs> take. That's just
1: terrible. And the fact that none of you even said and Crunch. I mean, Cap'n Crunch. I don't wait, how do you say the name of that cereal? Well, if you look at the box... Like we all say Captain Crunch, but if you look at the box doesn't it say Captain Crunch?
3: Yeah, but it's pronounced like Captain. I've never Captain. heard anyone ever call it Captain Crunch. I know. I know, so that's
1: my so that's why I do it. I call it Captain Crunch <laughs> because look what it's done. Oh, look Have at all con- the attention I just got.
3: <laughs> Have you confused your children this way? Like do they go around saying Captain Crunch instead of Captain Crunch?
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> God.
3: <laughs> I just want
2: to say, Sammy, our producer, is losing their mind in the back of this. Yeah, They're just yeah. like completely <laughs> cracking up right now and just being like, why yeah. are we talking about cereal in a Star Wars they podcast? I know it's up. It's Cap'n Crunch.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's all settle down for a second. Um, Jessica's here because she has a hot take on the rise of Skywalker that's going to make Lauren's blood boil. But before we get there, let's make Devin's blood boil first. Because uh, before she gets to the Rise of Skywalker, I understand, uh, Jess, you are not a fan of The Last Jedi, are you?
0: No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it! Bring it!
1: Why why do you not like that And I know
0: that that... Is gonna infuriate Devin. I've seen Devin's like the last, or directed by Ryan Johnson shirt that you have, yes. right? And I yes. saw it, and I was like, "That is one thing." I was like, when I saw you wear that in the office, I was like, "I can never tell Devin, but I don't like." The Lash. <laughs> <laughs> so here, you here are we are on our podcast. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um. I just I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint. I think that there was a lot. There were aspects. I will say they were aspects of that movie that I love. I love. The Ray and Kylo fight, I think it's like one of the best lightsaber fights in Star Wars franchise. So I will say that. But I also think that they could have done so much more with Finn and Rose in that movie. I think that their storyline was just like so pointless. Like you go through this whole casino and you get to Benicio Del Toro and then he betrays you and then everything that you did was for nothing. And that was infuriating to me. And I just feel like that could have been, there could have been so much more that attributed to the overall storyline, it was kind of like, oh, we're just going to have them off here and doing something that to keep them busy, basically. So that was my biggest argument in that.
2: That's a fair criticism. I think, yeah, yeah it, I mean, I think most people would agree that, that Finn and Rose's storyline um, is probably the weakest part of, of The Last Jedi. Um, and I, I think I, I totally agree with you there. But I Everything else is so good that for me I'm 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 still team Last Jedi.
1: It's we we've talked a lot about this movie. I you know, I think you have Sammy on one end, you have Jess on the other. I'm kind of in the middle. I think that the Last Jedi is some of the highest moments in the history of the franchise, but it also has just some stuff as you're alluding to Jess and other th- I mean, like it's basically a lot of the big plot of the movie is just like, Let's make make him run out of gas. Like that's just kinda like <laughs> it's not
0: a great wrong, drive though. to I the mean, narrative. Yeah. There were aspects like I mean, Laura Dern sacrificing herself. My That's girl, right there. I but yeah. I just feel like there could have been more.
1: Yeah. Well, listen. I, I think that that there's you know there's a lot of different uh, varied opinions on that film. But the overwhelming opinion about the final film in this nine episode saga, The Rise of Skywalker, has seemed to be relatively firmly set that people are, are uh, not huge fans of it. Unless her name is Jessica Leon, because she is a huge fan of The Rise of Skywalker, or at least a fan Let's, Or at least she thinks it's underrated. I'll let you speak for yourself, but tell yeah. us about your take on the film.
0: I will say, unless your last name is Leon, period, because my whole family loves this movie. So I have wow. them in my corner at least. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed it. I thought, I mean, I'm not a critic. I will never claim to be a movie critic. I love stupid movies all the time. And if it's entertaining and I am having fun with it, and ultimately this movie was kind of, funny to me. I mean, yes, it was cheesy, but there are a lot of Star Wars aspects that are cheesy and coincidental, but I loved that it was entertaining and it was an adventure and I was constantly intrigued by what was happening on the screen. There were no dull moments for me and that's why I like it so much. And then, I mean, Kylo and Rey's lightsaber battle, Harrison Ford popping up and yes, it was all cheese. But when I was in the theater, And I heard Harrison Ford's voice before I saw him, before they showed him on screen. I legitimately gasped and smacked my sister in the arm. And I was like, I know who that is. And so it was just exciting for me. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much. I
1: don't hate everything in Rise of I'm not, my name's not Lauren Morgan. Like, I don't try and disown this movie, pretend it, like, literally anytime we talk about any character... Like, she'll be like, well, they, yeah, but they were in The Rise of Skywalker, so <laughs> I immediately don't like that character anymore. It just mm-hmm. anything that touches this movie is just tainted in her eyes. I, I don't feel the same way, but I definitely do see the problems of the movie. And I think for me, I guess let's just talk about the Palpatine thing, ladies.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: dead
0: speak. The dead speak.
1: <laughs> Somehow, Palpatine returned. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Devin's favorite line por, of dialogue. Poor Oscar, <laughs> por Oscar por Isaac. Poor Oscar Isaac, Forever a meme now. Yeah. Somehow Palpatine returned. But okay. All right. Listen, you're going to bring him back as a clone. It's like, seriously, as a clone? Uh, but like, here's my one thing. It's like, I remember sitting in that theater and I remember very clearly it was an advanced screening because I'm a fancy pants and it was raining outside and I was in the rain for like an hour and then we get in the theater. I'm like, oh my God, but it's worth it, this is it. Let's sit down. And five Palpatine or Palpatine clone shows up in the first five minutes of the movie. Like there's no build up to him. All of a sudden he's just there. Like all of a sudden Kyle Ren like really easily finds his location, <laughs> like super easily, like 30 seconds. He kills some dudes in a forest. He picks up like a, some sort of Sith holocron thing. And then all of a sudden he's there with Palpatine. I'm like, well, that happened fast. Like where's, where's sort of the build up? Why are you not saving that till the very end? And I, it just sort of put me off balance for the entire movie.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think you know that I, Lauren and I have talked about this a lot. You know, um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite ideas from The Last Jedi, and part of the reason I like it so much is the idea that Rey is a nobody. Um, I really I thought that was very radical, um, and I liked you know the fact that Last Jedi ends with little Broomboy kind of looking up at, at um, you know the stars and and you know this kind of idea that you know. Star Wars heroism isn't reserved for people with the last name Skywalker or the last name Kenobi or whatever. Um, but the idea that that anyone can can be a hero and can be a nobody, and it doesn't matter where their parentage comes from. So then the, the sort of reveal of the the Ray Palpatine thing just sort of I don't know, it just didn't feel earned to me. and it 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 just felt frustrating. and i I know that's um Lauren feels similarly about about that mm-hmm. reveal about that, that it, parentage It
3: felt pretty gutless to me. like, They took all of those criticisms and all of that stuff about Ray being a Mary Sue and how could Ray have this power? Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, it's because she's a Palpatine. And it's like, I just feel like it was so unnecessary. Like they, if they had like literally removed the Ray Palpatine thing out of Rise of Skywalker, I think that would have cut my anger by half, but it was just such a a misunderstanding of the strengths of Rey's character. And like, also it's basically Rey being a Palpatine is just a really screwed up thing because it's like, her dad is like a cast off clone. And it's just such a weird thing where it's like, I know that the original JJ Abrams conception of Ray was that she was a Kenobi. And at least if they had done that, that would have made sense because like Kenobi had an in-canon relationship. There was someone for her to be descended from, but it's like making Ray a Palpatine just didn't make sense in so many different ways. I mean, I remember talking to my sister after that. She's like, who was Mrs. Palpatine? Like, when was Palpatine getting this on? And then you learned in the book that it was one of his off, like, strand casts or something. And it was, like, so screwed up. And you're just like, why would you do this to, like, your main character to give them such a screwed up background when Ray Nobody worked perfectly well?
1: I don't have the same problem with it that you two do. I'm on Team Jess with this one. I'm fine with her being a Palpatine. And I actually think it plays into which is one of my favorite and least favorite parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, it's my favorite part of the movie for three minutes. And then it made me just really angry. Jess, I want to get your take on when this happened because we see in the movie where Chewie's been taken away. He's been captured and he's in a transport, Mm -hmm. right? And she, the transport's taken off and she's all of a sudden there with Kylo Ren and she tries to bring it back with the force and he starts pulling and they get in this whole... tug of war and then all of a sudden you see the lightning bolts burst out of her fingers and explode the ship and i thought what a that is the most the gutsiest move in the history of this franchise they just killed one of the most lovable characters so close to the end and then they just blew him to bits and at while the the, this dark force power is coming out of ray's hands and of course we find out three minutes later, she didn't kill him. And the entire moment was completely ruined, but you tie that moment into her lineage. Uh, I think that's actually pretty cool. Just what do you think of the whole like Palpatine being related to Ray and that moment that I just talked about?
0: I love that moment. I mean, I was, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I was glad that Chewie did not die because we already had enough death in that movie. I did not need to handle that one as well. the second that happened, my sister started crying in the theater and I was like, calm down. Like, There's a bit also, there's a bit in the trailer that shows Chewie in a scene that hadn't happened yet. So I was already in my head, like, he's alive. Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the scene of him running down the hallway of the ship, so I know he's alive. So that never even crossed my mind. I do think that it was a great part in the movie to show that she did have the power, and that was connecting her to Palpatine. I don't hate it. I know Lauren and Devin hate it, but I do not hate it, and I don't think it would have necessarily made sense for her to be a Kenobi in that way I mean she could have been a nobody and that could have been the storyline and we could have had another big bad villain or the big bad villain could have been Kylo and that could have been his end but I did enjoy that we got to see his redemption arc um so that is why I was not mad at Palpatine being the villain in this movie I wouldn't have even minded Palpatine being the
3: villain. Like, I think they could have brought Palpatine back. It's just having him being like Ray's grandfather or whatever, clone sire, whatever the heck he was. Like, that was the thing where I was like, I thought that he could have come back and perhaps he had killed Ray's parents because he sensed she was like a dyad in the force or whatever. Like, I think there was a way they could have had Palpatine in it. It's just the fact that they like made them relate it to each other, which I just thought was completely unnecessary. You could have just, picked that out of the movie and like, and I think it would have been less. Honestly.
1: Insulting. Yeah. I just didn't like Palpatine being a clone. Yeah.
3: Like, I didn't like that. We've either.
1: seen, right. We've seen yeah. like Obi-Wan and Yoda sort of come back as this force presence, right? Mm-hmm. That can be very powerful. So why not have Palpatine have discovered a dark force way to sort of be back in, you know, to hologram form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be a force ghost controlling things that way that would have played with the legacy more. It's get that stupid cloning cult out of there. Like, you know what I mean? The vat like, of
3: Snokes. I'm still curious just, about yeah. what happened with the vat of Snokes. <laughs> What's like? What's going on there? <laughs> like,
1: I want to I want to talk about something else that Jess mentioned too, and something that we all talked about on our lightsaber podcast, because it's another thing I like about the movie. And Battle lines are being drawn here, Jess. I, I'm, t- I'm going over with you, because I feel like you need the help a little bit. Like, I'm not really yeah. firmly there, yeah. but you need... It's like a dodgeball game. You're getting pelted, so I'm going to kind of, like, go in there. It's um, totally
0: fine. I'm used to having unpopular opinions it's fine <laughs> yeah we all have them
1: and, and so but no i i've always said this too that i thought that the lightsaber battle in the down death star was very cool i like that scene a mm-hmm. lot too i think it's a really i mean i'm trying to go through my mind i mean no it's not it's not the best but it, it is it is it is one of the best lightsaber battles in this last trilogy and i thought the setting was great i thought the emotion was great i thought leia reaching out to kylo listen we could talk about the problems with them trying to you know shoehorn the leia store mm-hmm. storyline in here having only so much footage and body doubles and this and that what have you but this solution um if this was not the original solution i thought was a, a really uh poetic one an emotional one and i really i like that scene i think that's a really good powerful scene uh devon what say you
2: Um, I don't love a lot of the Leia stuff. Um, I, you know, as people know on, on, from listening to this podcast, she's a huge, she, she's my favorite character in star Wars. Um, and obviously, you know, their hands were tied, you know, as far as the kind of footage that they had and, you know, how do you, you create this story, um, you know, without your, 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 one of your lead actresses basically, and sort of the, the figurehead of, of this whole franchise. Um, Jess, I do agree with you. I think it was really smart to bring Harrison back. I think that was a that was actually a really lovely, touching moment. Um, it's it's sort of a nice bookend from you know the last time we saw um, you know Harrison Ford and Adam Driver on screen on screen together. You know um, he got stabbed, so it was a nice little um, little moment. And and honestly, you know some of the things I like best in Rise of Skywalker are some of the Ben Solo stuff. I think Adam Driver gives a very good performance and i love you know i people have different opinions on his redemption arc but i i think it feels earned here um you know a lot of people say he shouldn't have died at the end other people are like he shouldn't have gotten a redemption arc at all and i think i think this what he gets works i don't think um it is a little silly when he kisses ray and then just immediately kills over but um i do uh i i like i like all the ben solo stuff I love that moment where um, he reaches behind his back to get the lightsaber. Um, I love moment. his little shrug as he goes to fight the, the the Knights of Ren. I just like those little details to me are some of my favorite moments in a film that otherwise I don't think really work so much. But I think there's a lot of little individual moments um, like that, that that I do enjoy. And I think, again, Adam Driver is giving a hell of a performance. I think Daisy Ridley is giving a hell of a performance, even if I don't love the way her her character arc goes. And I think, you know, that's something that I I do really, really like about this film. I think, you know, really elevates it for me.
1: So uh, let me ask a logistical question, because... We're all saying, except for Lauren, who hates everything about this movie, that we like. I don't hate Harrison everything Ford. about that movie. I did
2: like that. <laughs> she I like hates the everything. <laughs> we love Babu Frick. We haven't t- even well, talked Babu about, Frick. Frick. Really about Babu Frick. And you get Dio. You get
0: Dio. Babu <sighs> hey, Frick. Hey. You get C-3PO. Some of the funniest lines from C-3PO. I love Anthony it. Daniels <laughs> does get a lot to do, which
3: I appreciate that.
1: Well, let, let me just ask the, the logistical question, though, for the Harrison Ford thing, the uh, Han Solo thing. Why was he not glowing? Cause he's not a force guy. He he's force not a force guy. He was a memory. He's just, okay. His Kylo's memory. Yeah. Fair yeah, he was Charles, a memory. yeah.
3: yeah. They have that and conversation. I, mean, I the, think the Harrison Ford thing, I think it was really, it's like, it's obvious. Like he had to come back because Carrie Fisher could not be there. So it's like, I think yeah. if Carrie Fisher was alive, Harrison Ford would not have been in there. But I mean, I think that was basically him being like, I, yeah, I know you guys need me to, to do the heavy lifting on this and on this scene. And I did like that pin part. Shitter. I mean, it doesn't make super logical sense, but I mean, they they were just stuck between a rock and the hard place with the whole Leia Carrie Fisher aspect. Yeah,
2: I, I I would assume that you know if the the film would have followed a sort of a similar trajectory or a similar plot, it would have been um, Leia who would have pulled Kylo back um, mm-hmm. to to the light side. Um, but you know, I, I think having Harrison there. Um, you know, really, really works and gives it an emotional punch. And then, yeah, there is that line where it's something like he's like, "Are you, are you really here?" or something like that. And he's like, "Does it really matter?" Or, I don't mm-hmm. remember what the actual line is, but um, yeah. And I think it's you know, like you're just a memory. And he was like, "Yeah, but
0: I am mean, your memory." Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's I um I I think again, you know, it's it's I, I think in in other actors' hands, it couldn't have worked. But Harrison Ford and Adam Driver give it a give it a real weight that actually kind of kind of sells it for me.
1: All right. Let me, uh, let me stop being nice to Jess now. Uh, <laughs> let me ask her about...
2: <laughs> <laughs> the gloves uh, are the
0: coming Man,
1: Yeah. Well, some of the things that we've talked about in the film, and, and we'll get her take on, because one of the big ones that we sort of allude to is uh Rose. And I agree with you 100%, Jess, like the storyline. I, I, she's a character I really liked in Last Jedi, but like the, the mission that she and Finn went on was just kind of a waste. Um, she's completely sidelined in this movie. Yeah, she's shamefully. literally studying the specs of old destroyers. That's her mission in this movie and is just completely like uh, uh, unimportant in this film. Uh, how do you feel about what they, uh, what they did with Rose and Rise of Skywalker?
0: Oh, I hated it. That is one aspect of it that I hate, Um, because like you said, she was a great character in Last Jedi. And yes, I mean, I hated the mission and the storyline that they gave her, but like her performance as an actress and what she was doing with that role, like, was great. And she created a different character that we hadn't necessarily seen in Star Wars, I want to say, like, it was a new aspect to the world that I enjoyed watching. And I do wish that she had more to tell in the rise of skywalker i i will say i feel like there was a lot going on in the rise of skywalker but i do think that she could have been utilized to help the storyline be pushed forward
1: yeah i don't know why they they stuck her there with leia i guess they just needed some sort of familiar face um there and you know billy lord wasn't going to get i feel like billy lord could have
0: done that though i feel like yeah i mean billy lord was always a background actor like Yes, she's Carrie Fisher's daughter, and you know that, but you didn't necessarily, she wasn't a main character. Like, I don't even remember her name, honestly. Also, they added Dominic Monaghan
2: as a random rebel Yeah, he, he could have done it. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know why and, Tomic,
0: Dominic Monaghan was in that
3: movie.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining, just because I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, Shout out to our yeah. other podcast, All Rings Considered. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that was one of those things where I think, you know, J.J. J. Abrams was like, hey, let's get my buddy Dom back from, from mm-hmm. Lost. And I don't really know what to do with him, but
3: that was the one thing was like, there was a lot of characters in here where JJ added them, but they were just like, why are you here? Like, you know, Who you're are you? A you new, yeah.
0: yeah, newbies. I do enjoy yeah. though, like Carrie Fisher's role because it kind of alluded to Oscar uh, Poe's background and you're like, oh my gosh, he was a spice runner and you get like to see a little bit of his past life. I enjoyed that because it was fun and I love Oscar Isaac and the little humor that we got from those scenes was comedic and entertaining but it was not necessary now.
1: well let, let's go then to the the whole finn thing because i, I don't know what's going on in this film with finn they, they they keep dropping these hints that he's force sensitive but it's just a lot of like hey i need to talk to you later about something or like hey i haven't had a chance to tell yeah. you yet like there's just like that's like his his entire role in the movie is just to be like on the cusp of telling her we mm-hmm. assume that he's like Got he, some sort of force powers, and he, that he's, he's, he's in love ghost with her in the Lego Summer yeah, that's Vacation. that's what I so, didn't understand.
0: Yeah. Was, yeah. does he? Is he force sensitive, or is he just connected he to Ray in a way that he's in love with her? And then, like, when they're in the ship, and then they're like, "How do you know?" And he just goes, "A feeling." And I'm like, "Well, what does that mean? What are you trying it's to?" It's like me? if we're
3: gonna make Finn force sensitive, that should have been his arc throughout the entire sequel trilogy. I know. Like, it feels like, and it's and like they yeah. confirmed that. They confirmed that he is in, in, in all things the Lego summer vacation thing. Incredible. Because he is being visited by Force ghosts. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is visiting Finn. He's not visiting Rey. The ghost of Anakin Skywalker, who ignored Kylo for his entire life, <laughs> is visiting Finn. You know?
0: So, I don't know. Oh, man. Kylo's entire yeah. inner battle, the entire... Yeah. Like his entire character arc is so comedic to me. Like, even from the beginning, it was like when he finds Darth Vader's Milton Helmet, he's like, I'll do you proud, grandfather. Like, me and my dad used to joke, like, <laughs> did he like, not see the ending of the movie? Like, did he not see his grandfather? <gasps> did Luke not like, ever tell back? him what really happened? Yeah, like, like- and nobody tell him the
2: ending. There was a meme going around a couple years ago where it was something like, uh, you know, Kylo being like, I feel it. I feel the call to the light. And then like on the other line, it's Anakin being like, Yeah, pick up. I'm trying to contact you. I have a feeling yeah. this
3: is like with Qui-Gon trying to get through to Obi-Wan throughout all of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's just he's like, like Anakin's trying to call him, and it's just like, why can I not? And he's just being palpatine blocked or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, Anakin reaches Finn fine, so that's you know.
0: See also though, why was that not an aspect of the Last Jedi? Because I feel like you could have easily yeah. put that into like the casino thing with the little boy doing the broom. like that boy's obviously force sensitive. So like the, this is that? why this the whole sequel trilogy should
3: have been written by like one person or yeah, like one person they should yeah. have decided yeah. at the beginning what everyone's arcs were, so mm-hmm. they could work towards that.
2: Or at the very least, you need a Kevin Feige to sort of yeah. be like, okay, if this happens yeah. in this one, then it's going to lead to this one.
3: In The Force Awakens, we decide who's raised parents are, and then it does not go back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's Kathleen
1: Kennedy's job. I, I mean, know that, that's but, his yeah. job is
2: Kathleen Kennedy, and yeah. it, it bums me out a lot, especially because I think there are so many. I love Finn; he's one of my favorite characters. Um, you me know, too. certainly he's like such a huge breakout in The Force Awakens, and I love this idea of like a stormtrooper becoming a hero, and I think that's such mm-hmm. a fascinating idea the idea of like a stormtrooper rebellion a force sensitive stormtrooper and they introduce that idea and they just sort of let it you know fall and and don't have actually do anything with that and i know that's something um you know john boyega has talked about being frustrated about and i don't blame him i think this is a character that had so much potential was basically the second lead of, of force awakens and then sort of got sidelined throughout the yeah. last jedi and the rise of skywalker and that's really frustrating to me
3: Mm-hmm. Because to
2: see that wasted potential,
3: yeah, he's just reduced to screaming Ray, Ray all the time, right, mm-hmm. right. And you're just like, yeah, I can understand why John Boyega was really pissed by the end of this. Like he had the right, yeah. To how call.
0: many times does he scream Ray in the last two films? Yeah,
3: I
1: know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> too,
3: way too many times.
0: You could do a super cut that would just be like, two yeah, <laughs>
2: it'll,
0: yeah. yeah, literally.
1: Let's talk about the end of the movie because it's also the end of the nine uh, episode uh, franchise. Uh, this whole Skywalker saga. Just as you're sitting there in the theater, you know they have to wrap this up um, really, in a really satisfying way and sort of touch on nine films. You're ending one movie, but you're also ending nine movies. So this, to me, was really important that they do this in a, in a really satisfying fashion. How did you feel about the end of the movie?
0: I was satisfied. I think that it was time for it to come to an end. This specific storyline was time to be come to an end. Was it super cheesy that she sees horse ghosts and then she's like, my last name is Skywalker? Yes, but... Um, I, to backtrack to when she is fighting Palpatine and she looks up in the sky and she like connects to all the dead eyes and you hear Liam Neeson and you hear Freddie Bridge Jr. from the animations and you hear Samuel L. Jackson. I was like, I kind of love this. I mean, I know it's cheesy, but I'm so, I'm into anything that reaches like an aspect of nostalgia. And I feel like it just tied everything in together. And you were like, oh my gosh, yes, this is the end of the prequels the three ones with qui like, this is the end of everything. And I feel like that was very satisfying and a fun little tidbit that they did.
1: I'm with you. I mean, like, I I feel like, listen, was it a groundbreaking ending? Like, was this like, you know, we talk about TV series finales, like The Shield, which had this just incredible game-changing sort of finale. And, you know, the Sopranos really went out on a limb with a weird ending. Like, it wasn't any of those, but, like, it was super safe but to me, also, it was satisfying. If you're like going to look how it ends, Force Ghost. That's how the first trilogy ended, right? Mm-hmm. And at least they don't like have Ewoks dancing around <laughs> this time. Like <laughs> I she's back where it all <laughs> she's back where it all started. No Sindel to be found uh, in Tatooine, uh, and, and you know, and and there's Luke and there's Leia. She's bearing the lightsaber, and and you know, maybe a little expected, but like makes sense. You know, when you're going to show. When you're going to watch this whole thing over again, or when you're going to show it to your kids or your grandkids and show them all nine movies, like that's an ending that's 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 going to make sense, Lauren.
3: Putting Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber in sand of all things, good lord, woman, what are you doing? He hates it. <laughs> he hates Gets it. Gets everywhere. Somewhere his force ghost, who cannot connect to anybody in the sequel trilogy, is screaming. (laughs) He's like, no! I spent my whole life trying to get off this planet, and you took me back to Tatooine! These are the several problems I have with the final scene. First of all, you see Rey, who is desperate to have a family and be in an environment that had water, for God's sake, back on her (laughs) dry-ass planet by herself. No family members, nobody but, you know, so like that was just like, I was like, that's an ending for Luke. That's a, this is not a Ray ending. This is not an ending that makes sense for Ray. I like and that's what really bothered so, me. Like, I'm going to stop we, you there. she stay there, though?
0: Well, or do
1: we no, think that No, 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 <laughs> no.
3: But like, I just mean, as a Lauren, final you're making thing. it seem like she's settling <laughs> down on Tatooine. No, but I she's just paying mean... tribute. Yeah, but first of all, all of the Skywalkers hate Tatooine. Leia hated it. Anakin hated it. Luke hated it. Go to Naboo and put those lightsabers on Padme's grave. Like something that would make more sense. Like, like all of the Skywalker's fucking hated Tatooine. Like, whoa, why? whoa, whoa, <laughs> like,
1: Sammy yeah. on the uh, on the edit button there. See, see what you've done, Jess, to Lauren Morgan. Now here she is cursing up a storm, dropping f bombs. <laughs> but literally,
3: they did hate this, and poor Anakin, his lightsaber's gonna get filled with sand. Good lord, could you torture the man more? And then the other thing is at the end, the other you thing. just, the other thing is like, you see, okay, we've got Ray Skywalker, which is another insult. Why couldn't she just be Ray? She could just be Ray. Why is she taking on the Skywalker name? Why can't she find pride in just being herself? She has to take on the Skywalker name. And they just did that because they killed all the biological Skywalkers. So they're like, well, we have to have this, like, some kind of Skywalker. And I'm like, well, you just killed the, bi- the last biological one by killing Kylo. And then at the end, we see Luke's ghost, force ghost and Leia's force ghost. Where's Ben Solo's force ghost? Where's Anakin's force ghost? Where are the rest of the Skywalkers in this force ghost tableau? They're, they're not there. So I'm just like, so basically Kylo dies and doesn't even get a force ghost for his trouble. And I just thought it was also, I'm just annoyed that Ben Solo died because you didn't get to see him like trying to redeem himself after what he did. And it's like, and it's just very much like a replay of Anakin. Anakin comes back to the light and he dies. Like Ben comes back to the light and he doesn't have to live with what he did. He doesn't have to atone at all for what he did. And I just thought like, and then that's like, they killed him. There are no living Skywalkers. The only person left. Is someone who is somehow a biological palpatine. So it's just like the whole thing just did not give, like, I was just like, this does not work for me. And like the twin sons, we already okay. saw that in The Last Jedi, and that was Luke's end. And I just thought, like, this was not. Ray's end. This was like written for like Luke. I just, I hate the ending. I hate it. There we go. Alright, take a that's breath.
1: It. Let's just, uh, yes. just take a breath. Let's just. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> angry Lauren is my favorite water. Lauren. water. Let's <laughs> towel her off a little bit. So, this, someone this, this, joke, this. That's
3: how you can tell I'm actually Sicilian when I get angry, which I am a quarter Sicilian. <laughs> so there's a lot <laughs> like,
1: to get no. to there. I love that Lauren, for the climactic final scene of the film, wants Ray to go back to Naboo. She basically wants to subject us to more Gungans. That's that's what she wants. That's what she thinks. We all want to see for the end of the last movie.
0: Uh, I would rather
3: her just be with Finn and Poe somewhere like Green, like if they were just on like Agent Kloss or wherever the heck they were. Like I would have just preferred to see them all together or something. But this like is that.
1: again this is wrapping up 9 movies and yeah, whether you but, like yeah, it or not there's a no more... Way to there's wrap no more up up movies
3: because you're not wrapping up a story here. I
2: I would agree with Lauren here. I think to the the ending shot of Empire Strikes Back where you've got C3PO and Leia mm-hmm. and R2 and Luke and they're all standing together kind of staring out at space together and the idea is like they're broken this has been a terrible you know a lot of terrible like, things have happened all in this three
3: movie of but them went to Tatooine together. Like I you know just like something where it's not like Ray just alone on a sandy
1: but devin that end. that that's that's a continuation Empire strikes back is like it's like back to the future too right there's basically a to be continued but the,
3: but the Luke's point not alone of that, in return of the jedi
2: yeah the point of that last shot is like they're they're together and they're looking out to the future together um and mm-hmm. and they don't know what the future is going to hold and I, I I think it's a nice i I, I agree I would have liked to see. You know, Finn and Poe, because again, I think I agree with Lauren, you know, this whole story has been about Ray's search for a place and a place for a a search for a family. Um, And I would have liked to have, okay, she found this family in the form of Luke and Leia, and that's how she's paying tribute to them with these lightsabers. But she also found this family of people who are alive and not just dead. Um, yeah. You know, she she has these friends and, and you know, the, the, there's this sort of optimism for the future. I think I would have liked to see a little bit as opposed to sort of this like, well, everybody's dead. I think,
0: though, we do get that moment when she comes back after Kylo Ren dies and she takes the um, X wing or whatever, and she comes back and she has like a big group hug with Finn and Poe and Chewy, and then I think that she needs to close that Skywalker chapter by herself. That's fair.
1: I, I agree with Jess. I I, I understand In where Devin and Lauren
0: something else. I don't know. I yeah, just but Laura,
1: just like Lauren, 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 Lauren. Let, let me get back to this because we got sidetracked. But like <laughs> there, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. and you know we complained about it a little bit with the TV shows are there too much, way too much. But there's no more iconic location for star Wars than Tatooine, right? That's just it. If you said name the most pro it's Tatooine. Yeah. So if you're going to end the film, you're not uh, this nine episode saga. And it is an end to nine movies. It's not an episode to one movie. It's not empire strikes back. Cause that was a clear middle film connecting two other stories. This is the end of these nine, nine films. You ha- th- no place makes more sense, and I remember I called I it safe. So. It's yeah, a very safe move, but 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 it makes sense. Like it makes sense. It gives you that feeling, which is sort of the nostalgia. The everything has come full circle. Star, you don't get more full circle than Star Wars. There's yeah, like there's nothing more full. Circle I feel than like Star it, I Wars. felt
3: like it was just really hacky, and it was safe, and it wasn't like. It what there was nothing to me that was like poetic about it or like even the end of Return of the Jedi, they're on Endor, but they're all together. It's Luke, it's Leia, it's Lando, it's everybody. Like they're all together and there's just that one moment. And I like the end of Return of the Jedi, but it's just like, but here it's just like, and like the, the double sons and like, I like that's like, and the thing is like, maybe if they didn't invoke that so poetically when Luke died at Last Jedi, like to me, that was a beautiful moment when they, like, when Luke saw the the two sons, like, and it was just hallucinating the two sons, that was a beautiful moment. And then, then like, when they just went back to it, like, I just thought, like, it was like, come on, we already saw this. It, and, like, you know, that was the person you needed to evoke the two sons with, because that meant something to Luke. Like, you know, and I just didn't think that, like, this, like, this being stuck on a dry, deserted place, I just, like, didn't think that meant what it should have meant for Ray as a, as the main character of this final thing like like okay so it's ending the Skywalker thing but like Rey is a character within this sequel trilogy as well and i just didn't think it was a satisfying ending for Rey
2: i want to jump off something this is totally unrelated but lauren you mentioned mm-hmm. lando and i feel like we have to talk about billy d williams
3: cuz yeah. i love
2: i love billy d williams
1: he's the I only person i like, like in this
3: movie
2: <laughs> do you know i was thinking
1: about when 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 lauren was talking at the end of return of the jedi all i kept thinking mm-hmm. was <laughs> The thing i love the most about that movie is if you watch too closely as of course i was lando's like clapping super out of time with like the music <laughs> like you know, it like used to be yub nub now it's like whatever that terrible new song is and of course they, they didn't have any of the music on set so so he's like laughing and like clapping i'm like dude your rhythm's completely off on this Lando. Yeah.
3: they should have taken that into account with the new song
1: i mean yeah like like I guess I'm not crazy about Lando in this film. I don't think there's anything terrible about what they did. I just wish they'd done more with him. Jess, how I did agree. you feel about Lando's big return?
0: I agree. They should have done more. Also, what was this whole, like, again, with the Finn thing, you being like, what is his deal? Is this his daughter? Are they having... There was, like, that rumor that it was his daughter and it was taken oh, for Oh, yeah, it was, actually. Like, and yeah, right? Okay, so that is... It's in, it's in actually, like, the...
3: Illustrated encyclopedia for Star Wars because we did a story on it for EW because it was still in like when they printed it. They never, they didn't cut that out of the movie yet. So in the in this illustrated encyclopedia, Jenna is Lando's daughter, but they just didn't it's put so it in the movie. Funny how,
1: I mean, everyone is everyone's daughter and <laughs> father and son yeah. and mother. It's just crazy, mm-hmm. and it's such a it's such an awkward line of movie. Well, let's find out together. It's yeah, like, wait, what?
0: It and I was like, like so is that going to be like a spinoff? Or are we going to have yes. a TV show about that? And then it ends with him finding out. Oh wait, this is my daughter. Yeah, I just.
2: Just I I just I hate parent and 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 family reveals as a general rule. I think they the only like the the really the one and only most powerful version is is Luke I am your father. Um, and we'll allow it for for Leia and Luke. You know, Leia is my sister. But oh mm-hmm. my god, like can we can we stop with the the parental reveals? I'm so tired of it. I just I think people were like, you know, what was really great that moment when when Vader said that he's Luke's father. Let's do that. All the time all in the every time. movie. And
3: also, like, I thought, like, you know, Jana had been, like, supposedly kidnapped from Lando. And I'm like, I don't understand how, if Janna had been kidnapped as a child, that Lando, Luke, Leia, and Han would not be chasing this kid around the galaxy yeah. until they found this kid. Like, I just don't buy it that they'd be like, sorry, Lando, you lost your daughter, you know? Yeah. So if right. lost his
0: daughter, like, all three of them would be like, well, that sucks. Like, and then there's no way that that would ever happen.
1: Well, maybe he like you lost know. her in a game of Sabacc. We don't know.
0: <laughs> how I think he that's lost why her. They wound up catching it, <laughs> cutting it
3: out of the movie. Cause it really just does not make any sense. Like you're like, Wait, but they still what? like alluded what?
0: to it so it's like yeah. well, if you're gonna take that yeah. bit out of the movie you have to take everything out of it like you have to rewrite yeah. all of their dialogue I,
1: so. I remember when it, when I saw that being like okay the, I guess they're just setting up a Disney Plus series or something yeah. like is that what's happening mm-hmm. here it's just like really you know felt-
0: but then they just I mean they can't just do Obi-Wan Kenobi over again now because they already did that storyline with Leia getting kidnapped yeah. and yeah. Obi-Wan going on a mission to find her
2: I think as a general rule one of my, my biggest issues with this film is just how many new characters did introduces and how little time we get to spend with any of them and so as a result you get characters like rose and finn who are completely you know sidelined and you spend all this time with with you know carrie russell or you know uh, or Jana or like all these these other characters and you're like whoa whoa whoa, we have so much ground to cover in this movie like dalton said this is the not just the culmination of of you know this film but and and the the two that came before it but of, of nine films um and i just i was like why are they introducing all these characters who just don't they're fine, but they just don't stand out to me in a way. And, and I would have rather seen that screen time used for Finn or Rose yeah. or Poe or, you know, some of the people that we've we've followed this journey with.
1: One thing we haven't talked about. I, well, I just generally and it's I to say because I think he's a great actor. And he's a super nice guy. I, I think Donald Gleason is great. But Hux, I was never on the Hux train and like. The whole, like, I'm the spy. Like, uh, uh, like, okay, I just no, no, let's not, let's not. I Great don't want impression. Him to win. I want him to lose. It's like, what? That just literally makes no sense. You want to be demolished?
3: Just like, I, I don't understand. I would have loved if they had kept Hux alive and had kept like Ben Solo alive. And then they would have had to have met Agent Kloss and been like, whoops, you know, we're both on <laughs> yeah. the right side now. I'm just going to keep this up. But. I liked when they turned Huck's kind of silly and officious, but they turned him into a spy and then they shot him. So I was like, eh. yeah. And then also stupid. what, like they totally wasted Richard E. Grant.
2: Like
3: Such a waste. An incredible actor. He doesn't so get great. that much to do. Yeah. No, he just, I mean, I was just like, ah, yeah, and they- I know he's like, he's like stereotypically like if you're going to cast him, you would cast him as a first order person. But I was like, I would have loved it if they just cast him in the rebellion. Cause it would have just been against type and more interesting. I think.
1: Yeah, totally. Um all right. Uh, Jess, any other uh, thing you want to bring up? Any other defense of your position on the rise of Skywalker? Any more evidence you'd like to enter uh, into uh, the exhibit?
0: I mean, Chewie finally got the medal that he deserved. So there's that. True.
1: Good point. So. Good point.
0: <laughs> and glad I, mean, I wish he was dead, that. so I don't care about the medal. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don's like, this movie would have been a masterpiece if they no, killed he Chewbacca. Didn't <laughs> die.
0: He could not die. And him finding out um, when Leia had died and his scream, cry, and him falling to his knees. Really heartbreaking. <sighs> Broke my freaking heart. That mm-hmm. and Ben Solo's redemption arc. I know he gets the kiss and he dies. So what you gonna do?
1: I mean, it, it's it's very Star Wars-esque. I mean, look, we know we've talked about this a lot. A lot in this last trilogy follows the exact model and arc mm-hmm. of the first trilogy. We've seen yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they literally did like a third Death Star and they just called it Star Starkiller yeah. It's like, so for them to do basically that whole move of like, sacrificing yourself to turn good again and die. I mean, obviously we've seen it
0: before, but uh, you know. I will okay. say I do enjoy that like, yeah, Ben Solo's coming to rescue Rey, but I mean ultimately she rescued herself from Palpatine and I'm glad that that was it wasn't like, oh my god, Kylo Ren's here, so now we can defeat Palpatine together. It was very basically that was like one of the, the only, only sections get of into this black hole. And then she's I did enjoy the that section of the self. movie
3: when he t- when he turned into Ben Solo and said nothing for the rest of the movie. He's like absolutely yes. had no lines to the rest his of the movie. His last
0: line is him ju- like a grunt when he jumps and grips onto that chain and I was like, "Oh, that's I it. did enjoy that
3: whole section and him taking on the Knights of Ren who are rightly killed because they were always stupid and have remained stupid and will never not be stupid." I was just glad yeah. to see him slam like, them all as they deserved.
0: Like Devin and mentioned, Jesus I mean, the little Lord. nods, <laughs> the little nods to Han Solo that you could just tell, mm-hmm. like, oh, that is Han Solo's son through and through. I appreciated it and I really enjoyed that yeah because he's section. he's
2: inherited you know anakin skywalker's flair for like goth drama where he must he, he's a problem <laughs> and he it. wants to make it everyone else's problem but then he also has like a little bit of like leia's stubbornness and han solo's like hey man whatever i'm just gonna like yeah. fight all these dudes and shrug about it so the shrug is just peak harrison
3: form. the shrug was very good
0: the yeah. shrug the shrug's amazing that's why i'm in love with adam driver probably sure. Fair enough. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry,
1: you had to see him in that helmet for so much of this film. And, uh, <laughs> Ugh, that's
0: the, the thing. helmet. Why did they they broke the helmet and then they put it back together? Oh, no, so you broke the helmet a- and they <sighs> put it back together with that little crack. Let's take one of the greatest actors of <laughs> his
3: generation and put him back in a helmet. I think it's they just so, did that so Adam Driver didn't actually have to be on set. <laughs> he just did it uh, ADR.
1: It's, it's I think it's just so symbolic though of what JJ J. Abrams did with this entire movie, right? Like Ryan Johnson literally smashed it, like the franchise, and then J- and then JJ J. just like literally put it all together and undid as much as he could mm. of what Ryan did. The one thing that he kept and built upon was actually that that connection between Ray and and Ben, where they then physical objects could move from one area yeah. to another which mm-hmm. led leads to that great lightsaber moment. That was something JJ actually kept that Ryan didn't build on it. other than that he just undid everything.
2: Yeah, I think this movie could have been so much better
3: <laughs> when uh, when we were seeing the pre, like when I started seeing images coming out for this movie and I saw that the helmet came back, I was like, oh <laughs> like, I was like, this is a problem. I was like, I should have known as soon as I saw that helmet that we were in trouble. But.
2: well that way you can sell three different action figures right you've yeah, got kylo true. with the helmet mm-hmm. kylo without the helmet and kylo with the broken helmet mm-hmm. collect them all
1: um,
0: Disney's all about that money
1: you know yeah, i get it gotta get all of the toys all right uh jessica thank you so much for your courage in coming forward
2: <laughs> here here uh I
1: survived. we respect Fine, it i survived mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's great to have you have you back on on the pod. Um, we are also gonna get into this week's episode of Andor episode five, and we will do that right after this quick break. All right, uh, so interesting, spirited discussion. I wish, I should say there, the rise of Skywalker. I expected nothing, nothing less. Um, uh, Lauren's veins are now not bulging out of her, her neck and, and forehead. They've uh, we calmed down. We've taken a breather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's let's talk some Andor. It was episode five this week. And um, first off, shout out to uh, Mrs. Fig from Harry Potter. Uh, I didn't realize that was her playing Karn's mom. Oh uh, my god! Catherine I didn't Hunter. either. Yes, <laughs> I was like, "Who is this person? I know, I know her. Where do oh, I recognize she's great. her?"
3: Great! I thought she was Space Linda Lavin. That's what she was giving me. <laughs> she was
2: great, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Serving up oh. that cereal. I loved her. I, I said this earlier, but so many great breakfast scenes. So many great moms in this. Just like awkward, like breakfast conversations. I. I loved everything about this. I love like the nagging mom. I will say, like you know, I was kind of down on the first four episodes. I was like, eh, these are these are okay. I'm not really. I'm I'm not as hot on them as as some other people are. But this episode, I was like, okay, I I see this. I see where this is going. Um, not a lot happens in this episode. It's a lot of place yeah. setting. Yeah, it's That's, a lot yeah. of table setting. Um, which is what has me worried,
1: Devin. Like, I like, we've talked about this, but I like the bones of the show, right? Like, I just need a little more blood pumping through them. Like, I thought when we ended episode four, like, all right, the mission's going to at least start in episode five. This quarterly payroll mission and no,
2: nope. No, We're going to spend try. a whole hour talking about the mission. <laughs> I know.
3: I think it's been so long since we've had like a star Wars show that isn't just six and out that it's like, Oh yeah, this is what like 12 episodes feels like when you have this much time to fill. So yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I think with Andor and I went back and rewatched the first four. Cause like the first two, I, I wasn't a huge fan of. And I was like, Oh, this is just has its own pace and that you just, ha- and it's it's not like the the other recent things. It's like, much slower paced but it's it's more deliberate i will say but you know, i still do wish it, it like there was a little bit more action happening but you know
2: i do too i i have a, i will say i really like the dialogue some of the dialogue and some of the lines mm-hmm. in this episode were really fantastic but i agree it's just it's very you know Um, It's kind of interesting, though, to see a Star Wars series where like some of the biggest scenes are like people talking around a breakfast table. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like we haven't really gotten that in Star Wars (laughs) before. Like We haven't gotten that since
3: New Hope where, you know, Baru poured the blue milk. (laughs) I I literally
2: was. I'm looking at my notes right now that I wrote as I as I watched this episode this morning and I was just like blue milk blue milk we love the return of blue milk
3: I just kept thinking about what flavor is that cereal that it will mesh well with the blue milk because blue milk is very fruity tasting so I was like, like what either is the that?
2: cereal has to be really bland or the cereal has to be like a complimentary
3: and I was know, trying flavor. to figure out if like They like the props had to like make this like cereal or did they request a certain like or just, you know, like where did the cereal come from? What's the do they have a hookup at like the
2: Captain Crunch uh, (laughs) facility where they're like, hey, Mm Captain, Captain,
3: I just like,
1: yeah, I, you know, I, I like the characters. I, I just like we're saying, I just felt like I needed a little more. I felt like we'd already established like I don't feel like we needed a whole other episode to establish that this group is a little wary of Cassian, that Cassian's a little wary of this mission. Like we mm-hmm. already knew all of that. Yeah. And so we get to a point uh, at the end of the episode where we're really at the same point where we began. Like physically they've they've moved and they're like, all right, we're going to start the mission tomorrow morning. But in terms of like group dynamic, I don't really feel like much has changed. And that was a little frustrating to me. I did, I just can't get enough of seeing Monmouthma's dysfunctional family, I'm just I so into love it. it. Like her like jerky senators, they're just daughter. like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. They they introduced the jerky husband last week, and he, that guy was a real was super sucky. He was terrible, the worst. And then just like the uh, just like the uh, the annoying teen, and you know, Lauren, you've got a few years till you experience this in your household. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I love just like a, a an annoyed teen daughter. Is just so great, and she's just like like whatever, mom. Like, and just the look, and then the thanks to the for the support to her husband. It's like the perfect dysfunctional family dynamic. Like and nobody wants her there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's but it's of, it's like... it's something that we never have ever seen in a Star Wars Mm-mm. property before. And it's interesting to see it here.
2: Yeah, it's it's mom Mothma.
1: Yeah, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well played.
2: But no, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, like almost um, Aunt Peru and Uncle Lars being like, no, you can't go to Tashi Station to pick up those power converters oh. like that. That's kind of the vibe for me. And also, can we just talk about Mon Mothma's apartment? It is so it's,
3: good. It's so nice.
2: All of her outfits oh, and her apartment is like coastal grandmother meets like art deco chic and it's just like all gold and cream and i just like i want to i want to walk around that set it looks ridiculous
3: her her vehicle as well her uh, her limousine or whatever they would call that space transport her space yeah limo. i was curious
2: by the fact that they had a human driver as opposed to a, like droid, a droid or like a self-driving mm-hmm. car on on coruscant like is that a sign of like wealth and status on coruscant like you have an actual Maybe. person to drive you around i don't know
1: Well, let's see. When they landed in Naboo, or no, in Coruscant, in the the prequel trilogy, they had some sort of weird alien dude driving them Mm -hmm. around somewhere. So maybe there is some sort of non-droid self-driving situation. Although no one seems to know his name, or at least the husband doesn't know his name.
2: (laughs) The sign of a terrible person.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Also, I do have to point out, as my running bit on this show is talking about animals in the Star Wars universe, I love that we get a weird sheep it's, yeah. a, it's a great sheep i oh, love that right. this is how you do uh like a regular animal but you add a bunch of weird horns to it so it looks like <laughs> it's from space as opposed to just being like here's a normal llama or here's a normal
3: here's, ferret Here's a sheep no it's here's a
2: sheep the... but he looks like a weird space sheep and he mm-hmm. like d- has weird milk so I, I i'm a fan love the and weird. That space whole sheep.
1: sort of campsite i mean like this gets to what lauren was saying we were talking about the first three episodes it just the volume is an incredible tool. It's amazing mm-hmm. technology, and I'm so happy they're not using it on this show. Yeah, it just feels so much more real, like these shots of the valley, and, and you know, yeah. and, and and oh, Obi Wan Kenobi went outside the volume a little bit too. I don't want to make it seem like yeah, every but single shot. The cinematography
3: but was not in like like there have been shots where I was like, whoever, like the the cinematographer in this is paying attention. Like there have been more shots in here that look like they are really in a Star Wars movie than I think almost anything that I've seen from some of the recent Star Wars TV shows like it is really well shot.
2: Yeah, I love some of the contrast between cutting to, you know, the the, the shots at this camp where they're literally just like, In the mud and the dirt Mm -hmm. with the sheep um, to sort of like these glamorous, like nighttime shots of Coruscant with with Mon Mothma and her husband, whose name I don't I refuse to learn, but he's just awful, awful husband Um, Mm -hmm. when they're just like driving through these like sleek kind of like uh, streets. And I love that the contrast and it's like, oh, yeah, isn't it nice when we're like just not on another desert planet?
3: Yeah. Like, isn't it
2: nice to get to visit other planets and see different styles and, like, the grittiness of, like, these rebel, you know, uh, of this rebel camp versus, you know, the glitz and glamour of Coruscant and Mon Mothma's apartment and, you know, Stellan Skarsgård's weird crazy shop. And, like, that that kind of stuff is the world building that I love so much about Star Wars. And I'm glad we're getting some of that in Andor because that's something I've missed a lot in some of the more recent projects. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I got a little worried when you talked about getting away from a sandy planet. I thought Lauren was going to go into another diatribe at the end of the rise of Skywalker, <laughs> but luckily, uh, we stayed away from that this time. Um, I mean, how
2: much time do we have? We can,
1: we <laughs> yeah. can make that happen. We can, we,
3: I, I could go on for a, a, quite a while longer about that one if we want.
1: All right, anything else you all want to touch on from this episode? Anything else that caught,
2: caught your fancy or
3: particularly didn't?
2: I just I I where's Cyril's mom spin off like yeah. nagging nagging Seriously. mom I would watch I'm, that. I am curious about drama. how
3: Cyril kind of comes back into the action here. I mean, it, obviously it seems his like Uncle, uncle Harlow is going <laughs> yeah. to mysterious, do something, mysterious. and I, I am kind of curious how, like you know, because Cyril is down and out right now. I noticed he did not eat his cereal at all. <laughs> he just, just kind of picked it, it
2: up with it and like stared down. at it. Yeah, yeah. and I oh, was I like, I did like,
3: notice on the table there's like a Jogun fruit, which is like a, a specific type of Star Wars fruit. So I was like, oh well. they you know, there's that as well. So I was just like, I, I, I thought the whole detail of his, his little Coruscant uh, apartment is, you know, as especially in comparison to Mon Mothma's uh, very fancy apartment. It's like he is living several levels down from where she is. So,
1: well, listen, um Luthen says that like, you know, I guess the by tomorrow, everything's going to be changed, right? The, mm-hmm. the raid is about to happen. And if it doesn't happen in episode six, man, <laughs> I'm telling you.
3: Yeah, I kind of, I really hope that this raid is <laughs> happening too. and it's not just another sort of table setting episode. It's like, I, I think at least we got to know a little bit more of like the crew and, and like, I think there's more uh, like definite personalities coming out of the crew that Cassian is on. But yeah, I, I think we've had enough table setting.
1: All right, well, let's get moving ourselves. Uh, We've talked enough nonsense. Um, Our thanks to Jessica Leon for joining us this week. And thanks to you for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'd appreciate it if you could follow and rate the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be awesome. You can also hit us up on social media, if so inclined. You can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials, at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, and at Morglore. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week.
2: This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Cogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.